Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to the episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. My name is Doug McCain, credential member of Dodgers Media. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And we've got a jam-packed Monday episode for you. We're looking at the big storylines Heading into spring training, what are the big questions that the Dodgers need to answer during spring? We're also going to talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. What did we learn from the Super Bowl that can help the Dodgers? We've got some updates from spring training. All that more here on a jam-packed episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. Now, if you haven't yet... Do me a huge favor and join the party and subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. And also, if you want to be eligible for all of our giveaways, we're going to announce our next giveaway very soon. All you have to do is two things. Make sure you're subscribed, one, and two, comment done down below in the comment section. Of course, we have our Dodgers Nation Dodgers dugout live poll question of the show I asked you guys over on the X should the Dodgers sign Walker Bueller what up Dodgers Nation D-Mac here I'm here to remind you that what up Dodgers Nation D-Mac here I'm here to remind you that you on the X 79% of you say yes 21% of you say no so we'll talk a little bit about that but of course we start this show with the leadoff everything you need to know about Dodgers baseball right now and head over to DodgersNation.com. we got all the top news and rumors, all the top stories that you need to know. Now, the first thing I think we need to know is what's happening at spring training, right? I mean, you got Shohei Otani, you got Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Those are the stories. And I think the first big takeaway, we talked a lot about Otani last couple of days, is can he get better? Can he level up? Well, he was asked that question, and Otani said, I believe there's not one level, but several levels ahead offensively wise. It's going to depend on what kind of lineup I'm in and everything. But at the end, I'll keep the focus on trying to get better. So that is the mindset for Shohei Otani, a guy that's already said that he's treating this spring training like he's a rookie a multi-time MVP, someone who's already established himself as the best player in baseball, has a rookie mindset. That just shows how determined he is to not be satisfied. And I couldn't help but think of Shohei Otani during the Super Bowl yesterday. And after the game, I tweeted that the NFL, they have their biggest and brightest star. The best player in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, has won three Super Bowls in the last five seasons. Their generational talent is playing in the Super Bowl on the biggest stage. And that only helps the sport. And finally, finally, because Shohei Otani signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers, a team that's made the postseason for 11 consecutive seasons, finally, baseball has the best chance of having that become a reality for their sport. Having their best player on the biggest stage and it's going to be great for the sport. And if there's no guarantees in baseball, right? But still, the best chance for Otani to play in the World Series is being with the Dodgers. So for people out there saying that Otani signing with the Dodgers is bad for baseball, 
It is literally the polar opposite. It is great for baseball because now we're actually going to see him when people tune in the most during the postseason, when the ratings are at their very highest. Otani hasn't had one postseason at bat. I have the same amount of postseason at bats as Shohei Otani. That should not be the case. And that's going to change. And I'm very excited about that. But I had someone tweet at me, a Giants fan in the comments that was definitely sad because his team coughed up another chance to win the Super Bowl. When is Kyle Shanahan going to teach himself the Heimlich maneuver? I'm just saying, okay? But, I mean, he was mad down below the comments. D-Mac, how could you always make it about the Dodgers? How could you always make it about the Dodgers? Talking about Otani and Mahomes. Bro, I'm literally wearing a Dodgers suit and tie in my profile pic. Of course, I'm going to find a way to make it about the Los Angeles Dodgers. I couldn't help but laugh when I read that one. But let's read your comments down below in the comment section. Is Patrick Mahomes the Shohei Otani of football as it vice versa? I think that he's a big, bright star. He's a generational talent. I think that that's what baseball needs. They need what the NFL has. Their best player playing on the biggest stage. I think they're going to get that in year one. We got Dunn, DMAC. What up, Michael, over there? By the way, drop your comments down below. I got Super Producer Gary looking for your best take. So fill up the comment section with all your Dodgers takes, everything we're talking about, and we will read them and all those Super Chats as well. What up, LA? What up, Will W? Greetings from Thailand. Hey, this is Dodgers Nation State. What up, Michael, over in Thailand? We got good morning. Good morning, Alex. Always rock with us. We appreciate the day ones. The day ones. They were here from the very beginning. We appreciate you guys. I be stroking happy Monday Dodgers fam. We got Joel over there. Otani needs to start dating Taylor Swift. Yeah, Joel, that's a great point. I mean, you get Taylor Swift. By the way, Taylor Swift, first female in NFL history to win a Super Bowl. I thought it was kind of cool. We got Darren Grimm. Now that the Taylor Swift Bowl is over, it's time for Dodger baseball. Darren, yes, and this is no disrespect to the Lakers. This is no disrespect to the Kings or any team out there that is currently playing, but let's just be honest. As soon as the Super Bowl ends, it feels like baseball begins, and that is the feeling I got yesterday. As soon as we saw the game end, my mind was on Major League Baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and I couldn't agree more. We got Alex over there excited to hear and see more about Yamamoto. Yeah, if you didn't check out over the weekend, I dropped a little mini break breakdown about Yoshinobu Yamamoto. You guys know how high I am on him. This is someone who I think in year one is going to establish himself as one of the best pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. Jose Moda, my friend Jose Moda, who is as credible as any baseball analyst on the planet when it comes to Japanese stars, spent a lot of time over there. He told me he thinks that Yamamoto can be the best pitcher in baseball in his first season. So more on Yamamoto in a little bit. We'll talk about him. I just subscribed, man. Go Dodgers. Thanks for joining the party over there. Muffing Goku. <laughs> Your name's always cracked me up. Appreciate you. But Justin Lumbus, what about the Super Bowl? We'll talk more Super Bowl too. Because there's other things I think we learned. We got Nerds Animation Studio. Hey, so yeah, keep dropping those comments here on a Monday edition of Dodgers Dugout Live. And some other stuff you need to know here in the leadoff. Got uh, Andrew Friedman talking about Walker Bueller. Andrew Friedman said that Bueller will start facing hitters again at some point soon, but that his timeline hasn't been determined. So I think it's very much up in the air. And we'll start talking about our spring training questions and just a little tease to that one is what are they going to get out of Walker Buehler? How is he going to look during spring? 
How far along is he going to get in his recovery from his second Tommy John surgery? Is he a part of the Dodgers' plans moving forward? So I think that always is a big question when you sign pitchers, when you sign big-name free agents, or you trade for guys like the Dodgers did with Tyler Glass down Yamamoto. What does that mean for you? And I asked Walker Buehler during Dodgers Fest, I asked him period point blank, did you initially think to yourself, what do the signings of Yamamoto and the trade for Glass down the extension, what do those mean for you and your future with this team. And Bueller told me it's up to them. It's all up to them. And he said that with a Walker Bueller smile on his face. So that sounds to me like someone who wants to be with the Dodgers. That sounds to me like someone that if the Dodgers were willing to get close to the contract that he would want, that he would want to continue his career in LA for more than just next season. Because remember, he's under just one more year of team control. We got some comments down below. Ryan M. DMAG, are you doing any in-person spring training coverage this year? I will be down at Camelback Ranch in a few weeks. Boots on the ground, giving you all the best coverage. We're going to give you clips. We're going to give you behind the scenes, some vlogs. We're going to be there in those scrums. So absolutely, I will be in the mix down at Dodgers spring training at Camelback Ranch once they start playing some games. I mean, we're going to see Otani actually have at-bats in Dodger blue. Hopefully, we'll get to see a lot of these young pitchers, a lot of these non-roster invites start to make their case. But yeah, 100% I absolutely will. So look for me, and um, we'll talk some Dodger baseball. Some other news, Rojas. Miguel Rojas, I thought it was a cool gesture. Miguel Rojas left some bottles of wine for his new teammates. He had this message for Yamamoto, I know what it's like to come from a different country, join a new team. So I wanted to do something to make them feel welcome. And he would also leave a nice little bottle of wine. I thought that was really cool. His message to Yoshinobu, welcome to the family. I'm super excited to be your teammate and play behind you. I got your back. And Miguel Rojas certainly has all the backs of the pitchers that he's playing behind because Miguel Rojas is still one of the very best defensive shortstops in all of major league baseball. So yeah, that, that was a cool gesture. And now how about this? Nabil Krismit, who we'll talk about in a little bit. He made a post on his Instagram and the caption was short and sweet, but it said nice to be in blue now. So is that a shot at the Padres because they wear UPS colors? Is that a shot at the Padres who their team their City Connect uniform looks like a 90s Taco Bell vomited on it. Is that what that's about? I mean, I don't know what that is, but he's clearly happy to be in Dodger Blue. And he's a name, and we're going to talk about this a little extensively in a second. He's a name I think you definitely want to pay close attention to during spring training. You got a super chat. This is a comment of the show. We got a super chat from our friend Glenn. $5. Appreciate that. I love the player, but is it time to put Austin Barnes behind the barn? If so, who would be your choice as to get as a backup catcher? Well, they have four catchers on the 40-man roster, and Hunter Fiducia didn't get his opportunity last season, even though he was raking. You got Diego Cartayas on that 40-man roster. You have Will Smith. You have Austin Barnes. And here's the thing about Austin Barnes. Austin Barnes is going to be a Dodger until Clayton Kershaw is gone. We can talk about this until we're blue in the face. We can talk about the fact that his really he's someone that struggles with the plate. I mean, there are times when he couldn't hit sand if he fell off a camel, right? But Austin Barnes is a great game caller. He's one of the best pitch framers in the game. Might even be the best. I mean, 
pitchers love when you can steal strikes for them, right? And as long as you don't have the robo-umps, Austin Barnes is still going to provide value with his framing, but he can't be a complete non-factor at the plate. He did show some improvement later. You never forget the Austin Barnes game where he hit that home run against the Brewers late in the season. So Austin Barnes is someone that still provides value as far as a defensive catcher. He helps develop young pitchers. I mean, you talk to these young pitchers and they'll tell you that Austin Barnes is pivotal. He's critical to their development. And let's be honest with you. You're friends with Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw is your boy. You've got a job, okay? And Clayton Kershaw and Austin Barnes, they're thick as thieves. They are very, very close. So that is going to be something you're not going to see. Is Austin Barnes leave? We got to Christopher over there. What's your jersey number of choice, DMAC? Man, I think seven's always been clean. I think seven's clean, but also not number one. Not number one. One is the the number that mascots wear, but I'm a big, I go with seven, baby. I go with seven. I think seven's clean, single digit, but uh, yeah. So coming up in our next segment, though, we are going to talk about James Paxton. He had some very interesting comments and can the Dodgers count on him to be a reliable number four or five starter? And then we're going to dive into our eight big questions that the Dodgers need to answer this spring. That's coming up next here on Dodgers dugout live. What up, Dodgers Nation? D-Mag here. I'm here to remind you that if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, hype videos, interviews, breakdowns, live streams, and more all year long. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to help the channel out, smash that like button. Also, you will not be eligible for any of our giveaways unless you are subscribed to the channel. So all you need to do to be eligible for all of our giveaways is just make sure that you are subscribed. We just gave away a brand new authentic Mookie Betts jersey valued at over $350. And we got tons of giveaways coming this offseason. So be sure to be subscribed so you are eligible to win. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and please subscribe. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we are back here on Dodgers Dugout Live, and we got some more comments. We got IB Stroking, $5 Super Chat. My man, this is a comment of the show for you. We got uh, preseason gas money. Fuck yeah, definitely need that gas win. money. Perfect. We got uh, do underscore South DMAC. You're going to Korea. Yeah, we just found out over the weekend that we did get approved for Korea. We will be in the mix covering your Dodgers from over in Korea. It's going to be exciting. First major league game in Korea. You got Shohei Otani has already said he's going to be ready to go. We will be in Korea. Exciting times for Dodgers fans. So absolutely look for us and follow us on all of our socials. Dodgers Nation Instagram. Dodgers Nation over on X. Follow us on TikTok. It's going to be wall-to-wall coverage. You can't get enough of your Los Angeles Dodgers baseball. We appreciate all you guys. All the day ones out there, we appreciate you. You guys know we keep it a buck on this show, and we appreciate reading all of your comments because that's what you do, too. That's what I really appreciate. We got Diane Schroeder down below in the comment section. Hi, Deanne. Well, we got the fairy godmother 
Diane Schroeder, always rocking with us. We appreciate you. Adrian, any chance Hunter Fiducia see some time this season? He's raking in AAA. Yeah, I talked to Hunter Fiducia. Made some swing adjustments early last season. It paid off for him. He was outstanding. And really, I think it comes down to injuries, right? I mean, Austin Barnes is someone that commands a lot of respect. And he really struggled offensively last year. And if they didn't give Fiducia an opportunity last year when he was rigging the way he was, what makes you think they will do it this year? So he would have to really struggle offensively to the point where his struggles at the plate were just so bad that he wouldn't want to be out there. Maybe you almost have him as a pseudo coach or something like that, a little de facto head coach and have him somehow involved. But he wants to play, and I think that he is going to have himself a much better year because it's only up from the first half of last season. But uh, I just don't think you're going to see Fiducia unless Austin Barnes gets injured. And of course, you have Will Smith, who was the best hitting catcher in Major League Baseball. We got Samuel Ellis of 420. I see what you did right there. Higher than Cody Bellinger on 420 at a music festival. We got Smoke. Smoke them if you got them. That's a fire team. Fire we got uh, Dunn. We got uh, High Dodgers Nation. What up, Carnivorous Lunar Activity? Rocking with us down the streams. We got Fight on Dodgers. We got, we got a USC Dodgers fan down there. BC, we got Justin Lambas. Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage. Mortal Kombat. I'll give you a finishing for that, just for that name alone. Trade Vesia and a mid-tier prospect to Milwaukee for Devin Williams and Willie Adamas. Johnny Cage. Oh. What makes you think you're going to get that deal? Okay. What that's a Kwame Brown for Pal Gasol level deal, right? You're not getting that deal. I mean, he's Andrew Fleeceman, right? But the Milwaukee Brewers are a much smarter organization than to take that deal. It's going to cost a lot more than that to get the best reliever in the sport. A guy who throws a pitch that has a nickname, the airbender, the highest whiff rate for any pitch in Major League Baseball since 2020 at over 61%. Tyler Glass now is curveball second if you're keeping score at home, but it would take a lot more than that. That would be an absolute rob job. So that ain't happening, but I am very open to the idea. And I'm actually dropping a video on this later about trading for Devin Williams. And I, I see people out there, hey, D-Mac, we need a lefty. Go get Tanner Scott, get a lefty, right? You trade away Caleb Ferguson. Well, one. Caleb Ferguson is not a better pitcher against lefties than Ryan Brazier or Blake Trinan or Bruce Gratterall or Evan Phillips. And those are all righties, right? Andrew Friedman, this organization, that's not how they develop bullpens. That's too simple for them. They don't care about if you're right-handed or left-handed. They care about how good you are. And they don't just focus on, okay, a lefty for the sake of a lefty. No, that's not what they were going to do. They want to build quality. Also, if you know how this bullpen is built, it's about providing different pitches and different approaches and different looks, right? You got pitchers that throw gas, bruised our gratterall, induces soft contact. You've got Evan Phillips, throws the cutter, induces soft contact. He can miss bats and get strikeouts. JP Fireisen, he's someone that when he's on, he's outstanding as well. Slider, you see the cutter, you see the fastball. You're going to see Joe Kelly, high whiff rate, high velocity, right? Tons of different looks, but what do they not have? You don't have that changeup. The changeup is a different look that that would absolutely take this bullpen to the next level. Like I said, we're getting greedy as a team at this point. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Take down the Mona Lisa and the Louvre. Put the Dodgers roster right there. It has been a master class. But if you go out there and get Devin Williams, then, like I said, you're that billionaire that already has the Rolls Royce, the mansion in Bel Air, the island in the Maldives. You got everything. The yacht, the 
two tickets to space, like where all the billionaires are going. So yeah, why not? I'm absolutely here for it. But uh, did the Grizzlies get Pau Gasol's brother, Marcus Gasol, Kersey? Yeah. I mean, but how'd that work out, right? They, it was a factor. I mean, uh, yeah, that, that's my favorite Stephen A. Smith bits, by the way. Yet yeah, Williams foreclosure. That's from BC. So let's talk about some of these big questions. First big question for spring training. The first big question and the magnitude of this, I think, is being undersold at the moment. And that is, is Gavin Lux prepared to take over as the Dodgers everyday shortstop? Does he have the talent? Yes. Does he have the athleticism? Yes. Has he proven it? He hasn't. So we need him to prove to us and to himself and this organization that he can be that guy. I'm confident that he can. He put on some muscle. It's going to help him with his throw to first, going to help with his power numbers. Lux told me he wanted to hit more than six home runs in a season. So it's a point of emphasis for Gavin Lux to hit more home runs, but also not at the sake of risking your batting average. And batting average is overblown, but still, I think for Lux, a player that relies on confidence and not getting too low, it is definitely important for him. But looking at Gavin Lux, he was asked if he's going to be ready to go. And he said, with zero hesitation, I'll be ready in Korea. So clearly the plan right now is to have Gavin Lux as your everyday shortstop on opening day. And he did put on a good amount of muscle this offseason, like I point out, increase those power numbers, improve the throw to first. But the only thing that I think I need to see is can you even play that position at a average level? Can you play that position at an average level? Because shortstop is a very difficult position. Reminds me of that scene from Moneyball where Brad Pitt and they go into with Washington and they are telling him about the first base position. Brad Pitt's like, hey, is it hard to... It's You learn first base, it's easy. Tell him, Ron. He's like, it's incredibly hard, right? Playing shortstop is even harder, right? Especially with the restricted shift. And I remember Chris Taylor told me a few weeks ago that that position, the reads have to be better. The third steps when the ball's in play, you have to just be a little more agile and you have to rely on your athleticism. I think that definitely makes me feel good because Gavin Lux is athletic, but show me something. Let's do it. This is it. I'm, I'm done with the waiting for Gavin Lux. This is the year for him. I hope that he stays healthy. I hope that he's given his opportunity, but we need to see it because we haven't seen him play that position even in his opportunities at an above average level. In fact, if you look at his defensive numbers at second base, they were above average. At second base, when it comes to defensive runs saved, total zone rating, outs above average, he was above average. Shortstop, when he filled in for Corey Seager, they weren't good. He was below average. If you look at where he was among 34 shortstops that season with at least 450 innings played, he had a minus five outs above average. That was the eighth worst among shortstops with 450 innings played. His UZR 150, a minus 9.6. That was the fourth worst. Lux zero defensive runs saved. That was neutral. So these are what the numbers are telling me, that he hasn't played shortstop at an above average or even average level. So we're going to have to see it. We're going to have to see it. I think he can do it. And I think a little like Muncie, his best defense can be his offense because he is like a second leadoff hitter. When he was batting eighth or ninth a few seasons ago, he had a ton of success turning over that lineup for Mookie Betts. 
In fact, when he was batting eighth or ninth, he had a 129 weighted runs created plus. So that tells you offensively, he was 29% above league average, had a 797 OPS. So I'm pulling for Gavin Lux. I think that the first part of the season is going to be big in assessing what they have in him. So I wouldn't even trade him right now, even if that was on the table, because I think that having him under three as a team control, playing a premium position, you have to see what he could be. And if he could be that guy, you love it. You want him to be an all-star, but also it does give you enough time to address it during the season. If Willie Adamas becomes available, which he clearly is. I mean, after you trade Corbin Burns and you look at the guys that they got in return, he's definitely someone that could be had at the right price. Now, the next big question for spring that you got to be looking for is how will those recovering bullpen pieces fare? Blake Trinan, Daniel Hudson, JP Fireisen, will they stay healthy? Will they be able to look close to the guys they were before the injuries, before they were missing a ton of time. And I definitely think that Daniel Hudson is someone that I feel like a lot of people just think, okay, this is someone that got a courtesy invite because he's on really great terms with the organization because of the injuries the last couple of seasons. Like this was some sympathy type of move for Daniel Hudson. I'm here to tell you, I think Daniel Hudson is someone that has a chance to really help this team. I mean, in 2023, he only pitched in three games but in 2022, he was on his way to having his best season as a pro. He had a 198 ERA, 31.5 strikeout rate, recorded six saves in 28 games, 27 and thirds innings before he tore his ACL against the Braves at Truist Park there in Atlanta. And then he makes his way back. And unfortunately, he gets hurt again. It's the other knee. But I still think that Daniel Hudson, the fact that one, it wasn't arm injuries, and he did undergo that surgery, he rehabbed all through the winter, and he had some of those moments where you felt like he was going to be a big contributor, but don't count out Daniel Hudson. This is someone that, like I remember Dave Roberts said, he pitches with guts, right? He still found a way, even with a hurt knee, to win in a six-pitch battle there with Jack Sawinski against the Pirates through that nasty slider and Helped close out that inning on his 29th pitch of the inning to lead the Dodgers to a 6-4 win. This is someone who's resilient. He's persevered through multiple injuries, multiple Tommy John surgeries. So how could you count out? You can't count out Huddy. Do not count out Daniel Hudson. And as far as Blake Trinan, he's someone that I spoke to at Dodger Fest, and I asked him about how he felt about the pitcher he was at the end of the season. And he said he wasn't very happy with it because he knows that if he can get the reps and he can get healthy, he can still be one of the best relievers in the game. And let's also not forget that JP Fireisen, he was unhittable. He literally was one of the best relievers in the sport before he was injured a couple years ago. So keep a close attention to those guys. The injured pitchers returning, can they make an impact? Can they find their way into this bullpen? Can they make the organization say, you know what, we don't need Devin Williams because of who we already have on this roster. So definitely keep those guys in mind. And then another big question is how does James Paxton look? What do you get out of James Paxton? Cause James Paxton is a guy that look, he was putting up numbers that were close to Garrett Cole's and Garrett Cole. He went on to win the Cy Young that season. And look, if you look at the deal, it's a one year deal. There's no such thing as a bad one year deal. 
they reduced the guarantee on it from 13 million from 11 million to 7 million so that tells you something they kind of found something that they weren't high upon and it's just a little little bit of a technicality but for him it's about staying healthy because before last season 21 and two-thirds innings in the previous three years so the good thing he's coming off one of his best years in recent memory and there was a 10 game stretch give me this 10 game stretch for an entire season and James Paxton could go down as one of the steals of the offseason. There's a 10-game stretch where he posted 273 ERA, a 346 expected FIP, a .98 whip, a 29.1% strikeout rate, a 6.4 walk rate. So 10 starts, but it was the injuries. So let's see if he can find a way to, one, Look, is he going to be on the opening day roster too? That's another big question there because if he's on that opening day roster, he could earn an extra $1 million if he's on that active roster by April 15th. And if he's on the active roster to start the season, $2 million. So $2 million by the opening day roster and $1 million by April 15th. So he has all the incentive in the world to make sure he's healthy, get right. And like I said, James Paxton is someone who is your number four or number five starter. That just shows you the depth that this organization has. So, yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on James Paxton? Do you think he's going to have a good year, a bad year? Think he's going to go down as a bad signing? I don't think so. I don't think this is a Noah Syndergaard type signing because the difference between Noah Syndergaard, who said the creepiest thing anyone's ever said in the history of postgame press conferences, when he said he'd give up his first child, even though he didn't even have his, his first unborn child to get his stuff back, right? He was willing to sacrifice his his unborn child to get back to throwing 99. He's velocity reliant for Syndergaard to be effective. He has to throw 98, 99 Paxton's velocity wasn't down. His velocity was consistent. It's just about keeping him healthy. That's why I think that Paxton's going to be effective. And you just can only hope that when he's out there, he's producing Paxton is so much better than Noah. That's from BT Fouts. That's a fire take Johnny cage. I think he will win everyone. That will be on the 60-day IL. We got IB stroking. We got some giveaway talk in there. Need a six-man rotation from Samuel Ellis over on YouTube. That's going to happen. Randy says, Paxton said he'll be ready to start the season on a five-man rotation. I really want to believe. Lamette will be the steal of the season. That's from Ronnie. Yeah, Denelson Lamette, he's another guy that, I mean, back in 2020, he was absolutely filthy for him. It's just trying to get healthy as well. Lemon818 says, trade Bueller. He has not been healthy, plus he cries when the game don't go his way. I disagree. I think Walker Buehler, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a very emotional pitcher at times, but I think that actually works for him. And we've seen him and his tightrope acts and his tight white Dodgers pants and him escape those jams for years. So I actually think that actually does work for him. Samuel Ellis, maybe we get Snell for $32 million on a one-year deal. No more, though. Okay, so you're like, okay, one more ace. One more ace. Look, I mean, with Snell, the Boris guys, when are they going to sign? When are the Boris guys going to sign, right? You need some more of them to sign. Chapman is the last big position player free agent that we've seen sign. I mean, when's Cody going to sign? When is Snell going to sign? So I don't think that's going to happen, but I got James. DMAT headed to the DMZ to broker a deal to get Dodgers games televised in North Korea. That's a bruh for sure. We're going to talk about Lumet too. Danny Hudson did look good in those three games in his return. Johnny Cagey absolutely did. So next big storyline is how close will 
Walker Buehler be? How close will Walker Buehler be? Is he going to look like an ace? Is that four-seam fastball going to have the velocity back like we saw a few years ago when it was one of the best four-seam fastballs where he was pumping 98 to 100, he was working up in the zone, or is it the reinvented Walker Buehler 2.0 where we're sitting him sit at 94 to 96, relying a little more on that pitch mix, going with that cutter, that slider, that knuckle curve that we see him use. So that's the big question. Are we going to get a Walker Buehler that is back to being one of the best pitchers in baseball. Because just imagine that. Even after signing Tyler Glass now and Yoshinobu Yamamoto, there's a world where if you get the resurgent Walker Bueller, where he is as good as those names that we mentioned, that is the variance there. It's one of the most exciting things that I think is left to be to follow is will we get that version of Walker Bueller? And then next big question, number four, is Yoshinobu Yamamoto the Dodgers opening day starter? I think the answer is unequivocally yes with a bullet. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, you've heard me say it on this show. I'll put it out there once again. I think he wins rookie of the year and the NL Cy Young. He is that good. This guy is not just some good pitcher that they signed because he was available. No, no. This is someone who has the potential to be the best pitcher in all a major league baseball. This is someone that all he knows is success. Sub two ERAs across the board, three times Salamore award winner. And for me, I think the question though, for Yamamoto, as it pertains to the big questions to look for is, can he handle the major league workload? Because it's different when you go from the MPB which is the second best league on the planet to major league baseball. The ball's a little less tacky. Mounds a little different. You're not pitching once a week. I think they will go to that six man rotation, try to get close to his Japanese schedule early on, but it's different. Also the hitters are better. Now the strikeout rate could go up too because hitters tend to chase more than they do in the MPB. The home runs could go up as well too, but Let's not kid ourselves. This is someone who has special written all over him. And look at his height, 5'10", 176 pounds. Some people are questioning his height. He's too small. He's too small. I'm like, hey, big things come in little packages. And we didn't say that about Pedro Martinez. We didn't say that about Mike Hampton and Billy Wagner, right? If you're that size and you're that good, there's usually a reason for it. It's either pristine command, nasty changeup, right? For him... He's got it all. I mean, you look at his stuff. He's topped out at 99 miles per hour at five foot 10. He sits at around 94 to 95 with that heater. But what makes him special? One, the movement of his pitches and the deception that he gets with that slide step and the really low release point. And he gets that elite ride and run. It leads to a ton of swing and miss in the zone. And then look at that fork ball. That fork ball is five miles per hour less than his fastball. So it tunnels like a fastball. It disappears off the face of the earth. He has got some ghost fork in it. Let me just look at him embarrass hitters with that. So it just drops out of the table. He gets tons of chase with it, tumbles out of the zone. And then you get the yo-yo curveball in the zone. That yo-yo curveball, it gets strikes early in counts. He's able to catch hitters off balance with it, catch him off guard because you don't know when he's going to throw that. Got the cutter to lefties and righties. He got the sweeping slider. My man's got all the stuff. He has everything that he needs to be an ace at this level. And then he's got pristine command. But for people out there that are saying, oh, can he handle a big league workload? I'm like, did you even watch 
the NPB or follow it or even go back and look at his performance in the NPB. Because even after last season, where he pitched 168 innings, 168 innings. Also, before that, he pitched for Japan in the WBC. And then still, during the Japan series, game six, he kept the Oryx Buffalo season alive with 138 pitch complete game. He tied Yu Darvis's Japan series record with 14 strikeouts. So he was landing punches until the very end. So I don't want to hear anything about Yoshinobu Yamamoto being too slight of frame to be able to handle the big league workload. I think for as great as Otani is, for as great as Otani is, I think we could have a Yamamoto mania, a Yamamania, okay? Because this is someone who is absolutely one of the most talented pitchers in baseball. Yamamania, let's do it. Okay, so next big question that you need to know, the next big question that needs to be answered by the Dodgers is the non-roster invites. Which of them is going to step up? Which of them is going to impress the front office and Dave Roberts and find a way to get on this team? Maybe it might not be when they break camp, but it's very important for some of these guys to establish themselves this organization during spring after injuries inevitably occur after maybe guys struggle just to see what they have from a depth perspective. We talked about Nabil Krismet and he's the guy that one of them, the most high Nabil Krismet, 29 years old last year with the Padres at nine, eight, two ERA 11 innings pitched. And he missed the last season due to that hip strain. And then he missed some good time. Then he was DFA'd by the Padres in June. He was outrighted to the minors. And then he went to, towards free age. He signed with the Diamondbacks on a minor league contract. And he would get an opportunity with the Diamondbacks in August. And then he pitched in one game and gave up two hits. So a couple years goes on the Padres, gets that hip injury, ends up on the Diamondbacks, wasn't good. 831 ERA, 626 FIP, 13 runs, 12 earned. And the thing is, though, the changeup, this is why, this is why I think that he's going to have success. Because look, the changeup is his best pitch. He throws it almost half the time. Opponents, they lit it up like a Christmas tree, a 310 batting average, but the expected batting average was 210. So that's where it was for his entire career when he was effective. So he had some bad luck. And he was later outright about the Diamondbacks. He chose free agency, ended up on the Dodgers. But when he was right with the Padres from 2021 to 2022, he had a 339 ERA, 376 FIP in 95 games, 136 punches to 46 walks. Also, he's been a workhorse, 145 and two-thirds innings with the Padres in those two seasons. That was the third most in all of Major League Baseball for a lever. And 48 of his 95 appearances were for more than one inning. So... This is someone that can give you multiple innings of relief, has a changeup that when it's right, it's one of the better changeups from a reliever in the sport. And he had some very, very bad luck. Like I said, the expected batting average was almost 100 points off. The BABIP was at 381. So keep your eyes on Nabil Krismet. I also like, we talked about Daniel Hudson. We talked about Lamette a little bit. Steven Gonzalez is another one that's really interesting. A very small sample size but he's someone four-seam curveball slider guy, throws the cutter, not a high-velocity guy, but uh, he's someone that's very interesting as well. 
that you're going to want to keep your eyes on. But uh, Jesse Hahn's another one. Jesse Hahn. I think Jesse Hahn and Eliezer Hernandez are the other two that I'm most focused on. Jesse Hahn, real quick, he had that. He Last year, he suffered from injuries in 2021. He had a shoulder impingement that ended his season. Signed a minor league contract with the Dodgers with that non-roster invite. And seven seasons, man. Seven seasons in baseball, Major League Baseball, 422 ERA, 390. 3 fib 121 walks and 311 innings, 241 punch outs. Was with the Padres and Oakland from 2014 to 2017. The Royals. And since back in the 2019, he's been in relief. So not he's just someone that he's been working at the fuel factor sports complex. And that is something that you want to consider because he has an opportunity to be an elite ground ball pitcher. So another guy to look at, Eliezer Hernandez is another one, too, that you want to keep your eyes on for sure. Struck out 26.3% of the batters he faced, 5.7 walk rate. The ERA jumped to over six, but in his stretches where he's looked promising, he has been good. He has been good, and uh, he's an able to look at, too. So how the NRIs, the non-roster invites, how will they perform? We'll do a deeper dive on those a little later as well. Another one we got to look at, too, is Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts as your everyday second baseman. Is that the play? I certainly think it is. It comes down to this with Mookie Betts. You can't find that kind of production out of a second baseman offensively as easy. If you look at the season he had last year, last year with Mookie Betts, he was phenomenal, right? He was a great, it was a great season for Betts. If you put that season as far as his OPS, OPS plus, WRC plus, that would have been the 48th best season in history offensively for a right fielder. The 48th best season as a right fielder offensively. As a second baseman, though, it would have been the fifth best season of all time at the plate. So that tells you right there. It's very different to get that kind of production at that position. Also, at second base, he was a minus one outs above average. That's league average. A lot better than Miguel Vargas' minus seven outs above average. But if you look at as far as right field goes, he has been one of the best right fielders. He's been below Kiermaier as far as a overall outfielder in this era, but he's established himself as a six-time Gold Glove Award winner. But his defensive metrics in right field had slipped a little bit. So that's something to consider as well. And he became the first player in ALNL history to play at least 15 games at both second base and shortstop and the outfield while also slugging 500. So it's very unique to do what Mookie Betts does. And it really comes down to the fact that you can't find second basemen that can do what he can do at the plate. And you also factor in that he has struggled to just sometimes stay healthy. And I think that he Mookie talked about this. You don't have to run and sprint from right field to the dugout nine times a game, eight times a game. I mean, you can stay on the dirt. It keeps him engaged. It keeps him happy. And I think that was absolutely the move. But it's going to be really interesting to see how this impacts his offense for another season. I think that he's going to be the best hitting second baseman. I think this was the move. Another big question, which of the young Dodgers is going to stand out? Which of these young pitchers, the Landon Knacks, Emmett Sheehan, Michael Grove, Gavin Stone was outstanding during spring last year. And then, unfortunately, that didn't translate to early in this season. How will these guys look early on in the year? Diego Cartai is going to get some opportunities, right? I mean, how will these young Dodgers players 
look during spring because this is a very win now team. Not a lot of opportunities for these young guys. So you got a lot of these big questions. You need to have them answered. I think that most of these are going to have a positive answer for the Dodgers, but the next big one, the last one I'll end on for the big questions is, do they have another trade in them? Do they have one more trade in them? I think that they're always going to look at ways to improve this roster if they can. If there's a name that becomes available, they know they can't keep all these prospects. Maybe they do. So Devin Williams is out there. Willie Adamas could be out there. Do they want to go that route? Kenley Jansen is a name we've talked about extensively on this show. He hasn't been traded yet. So we saw a few years ago they traded for Kimberl. Craig Crumble during the spring training time period. Will they make another deal? But uh, let's go down below in the comment section. What is your biggest question that you want to have answered by the Dodge? I also want to see, will Dave Roberts make a World Series prediction too? Because that didn't work out too well a couple years ago. Yes, you saw my trade, Johnny Cage. Ah, I don't know. I still think they want to see what they have in Lux. I really do. Bring back, we got Ronnie Otani, MVP, Yamamoto, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, Mookie, Gold Glove, Freeman, Batting Title, Bullpen, Best, ERA, Glass now, Most Improved Comeback. I don't think a guy that threw 120 innings and made 21 starts is going to win Comeback Player of the Year. But uh, I got jams. I'd much rather see the Dodgers give opportunities to the kids than to a journeyman. It's a fire take. It's absolutely a fire take right there. I think Stone will improve greatly this year. Danny Cortez. Yeah, I talked to Gavin Stone at Dodger Fest, and I asked him about the importance of messing with his pitch mix and going with that cutter and that two-seam fastball and having a little more east and west. And what he told me was it was incredibly important, and he wasn't doing that when he got his first opportunity. And opponents were sitting on that changeup. And he also wasn't throwing strike one. So, yeah, baseball, it can be the most complicated sport in the game if you want. But on the simplest level, you got to get strike one. And we're not doing that consistently. You're going to struggle at the big league level. So improved command, having more pitches to keep hitters off balance. You can't have big leaguers sitting on your changeup because they will find a way to be productive with it. So I like that take. I think Stone has a chance to have a big year in year two. Yo, DMAC has Mookie acknowledged his diminished speed. Will he ever gain his speed back? And is that hip still bugging him? That's from clean Yoas over on YouTube. So that's goes to my point about Mookie and right field. Yes, you're right. He is a below average runner at this point. And he's someone that doesn't need to be out there in right field sprinting around when the speed is down and you can throw him at second base. I don't know if he's acknowledged it. I'll, I'll, how about this? I'll ask him that during spring training about kind of the adjustments to that s speed. And look, the right field metrics, they were down a little bit as far as his defensive ability. So I definitely think that he's aware of it, though. But Mookie, he slugs, man. <laughs> okay? Mookie bet slugs. He had 39 home runs, okay? He was fantastic. But uh, some more comments here we got. Randy Davis, thank you, Dodgers Brass, for making this offseason fly by with all the great acquisitions. Spring is so close. Let's go, Dodgers. No, for sure. There was no offseason for Dodgers fans, for people that work in Dodgers media. We got Louis 17. Hello, I'm a Korean fan who sports Otani. I'm so happy that Otani moved to the Dodgers. Otani is the home run king. Yamamoto wants to win the Cy Young Award. Yes, for sure. It's going to be exciting to see what Otani does at the plate. I think it's really interesting how he's going to handle just hitting because you've heard people talk about how hitting almost balances out the pitching and vice versa, and he relies on doing both to try to 
not overwork one area. So you almost wonder here with this obsessive personality, could it be something that's a detriment? I think it's more going to be an adjustment in the fact that he's gone through this in the past. He's going to be just fine. So I'm hoping for 50 bombs. That's what I want to see from Shohei Otani for sure. But a couple more here, and then we are going to head out of this one. I am dropping a video on Devin Williams, a breakdown of how the Dodgers could get Devin Williams in a trade. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So look for that. I'll drop that tonight. Also, interview with Fred Clare, Dodgers GM for so many, so many years. We're going to drop that tomorrow. 30th anniversary of Hideo Nomo is fast approaching. You will not want to miss that. But let's dedicate the rest of the show to the comments here. I think Stone will improve. We got uh, you get you, 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 the high D-Mac. What a Brandon Chang over there. Let's trade for another elite starting arm. That's from Randy Davis. I, fire Dave Roberts. That's from Richard. <laughs> fire Dave. It wouldn't be a Dodgers show. I'm pretty sure 49ers fans are probably blaming Dave Roberts for the loss yesterday. Has to be. We, it has to be. Uh, when is Blake Trinan video aiming? Uh, yeah, I'll drop something on Blake Trinan for sure. No doubt about it. But that is going to do it for this episode of Dodgers Dugout. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. And always, to subscribe and comment is how you win. So be sure to subscribe and comment done down below in the comment section. You will be eligible for all of our giveaways. Let's get some walk-off shots right here. Thanks, DMAC. Also, in the OS, and my name is for Austin. Okay, sweet. We got clean Austin. Okay. So keep Austin weird. Austin. So I don't know that helps to pronounce it. Okay, cool. I got you on that one. Nando, I hate my wife. Laters, DMAC, Lemon818. Love you, Doug. Keep it, man. Pumped for this year. Awesome. Awesome, guys. So we'll be back with you tomorrow morning edition. Look for those episodes later today. Be sure to be subscribed to the channel. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And remember, nothing brings together quite like Dodger baseball. Until next time, think blue, bleed blue. And I for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.